it would go more viral if it was not perfect to the point where someone could watch the video and think about how they could make it themselves. It's the thing that brands obsess about the most and it is in some ways the thing that they need to let go of the most. It's like folks who work in brand management are all design folks. Like that's, mm. you know, at school and design, 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 design. Navigating social media can be, well, complicated. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast from Cubco. Social media. Social media. Social media. Really sucks. Where we unpack the latest trends and help remove the suck from social media. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast by Cupco. You're tuning in for a dose of marketing and get what's happening in the social media industry. We talk with the brightest minds in the marketing industry to bring the latest insights directly to you. So today we have an exciting guest on board, Lucas Kaiser. Lucas is a highly respected figure in the media industry, known for his expertise in content creation and management, and his background in comedy directing and producing. So currently, Lucas is a senior vice president of content at Westbrook Media. His work involves developing vibrant and significant content for big talents such as Will and Jada Smith. So before Westbrook Media, Lucas was the head of content at Westbrook Inc., a company in California where he helped increase his growth and success. He's also spent time at Viacom as vice president and creative director, responsible for creating catchy content for brands like Comedy Central and Spike TV. Welcome, Lucas. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great. And then, of course, I have our beloved CEO, Chris Kapunos. But, you know, I always forget that part. Sorry, Chris. That's okay. <laughs> just here. I'm right? like, I'm just the wallpaper, man. I'm just like, yeah. I'm just here for the, I'm just here to listen to Lucas. So, you know, that's yeah, yeah. how it is. Yeah, I, I would. I, I always say like our guests have insights, and then Chris has opinions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. that's how. Um, that's how we the insights are opinions, by the way, right? Insight because you you got data, and then an insight is basically just an opinion on the data. So, Chris, you got you got insights too. That's a that's a good way of framing it. Thanks, then brother. Less, I appreciate that. Less, I appreciate it's less that. like I'm burning him all the time. One day he's gonna yeah. get tired of it. <laughs> Um, okay, so Lucas, first question is, can you just please tell us a little bit about Westbrook and uh, what is what is uh, that all about and your role there? Yeah, yeah so Westbrook um, Inc. is the name of uh, the company that I work for. Um, my division, Westbrook Media, uh, I run the sort of creative and development department. So um, Westbrook broadly... Um, in some function or, or version, it was started about six years ago, but broadly we were incorporated about four years ago. And it was, uh, you mentioned a little bit before, it was, it, was, it was started by Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, their manager, Miguel Melendez, and um, Kosaku Yada, who uh, was the CEO of their family office and had uh, lots of experience in venture capital and sort of hedge fund management, um, mostly in Asia. Uh, and some in America as well. Um, so it was trying to blend a lot of different things. Co had come from sort of the tech world, you know, was actually at Harvard with Mark Zuckerberg and a bunch of folks, you know, in that sort of a very esteemed class. Um, and so had great connective tissue in sort of that early Silicon Valley. Um, 
POV. Then you have uh, Miguel, who comes from a uh, music background, um, worked closely with people like Jennifer Hudson and Robin Thicke and Queen Latifah. Um, and then you had Will and Jada, who come from the traditional film and TV background. And the idea was trying to blend culture and entertainment together um, in a way that was less reliant, but not, but still still um, very friendly with, but less reliant on going out to a studio and pitching and trying to figure out, is there a way that we could create content, um, create cultural moments um, and all that kind of fun stuff, but do it um, in, in, you know, on our own terms, test and try. And then if something is successful and can find an audience, um, then spin it up and make it into bigger entertainment brands. Love and that. obviously, well, I'm talking around it, but that the conclusion was, if you want to do that, you should do it on social media. Mm -hmm. And um, my previous experience, as you mentioned, was at Viacom. I helped bring uh, brands to major um, TV and film properties. I worked on everything from Mission Impossible films to, um, you know, in this sort of marketing uh, function um, to, you know, uh, Comedy Central, South Park, and Tosh.0, uh, and The Daily Show, to, like you said, Spike TV, which was, you know, at the time we had just got the script for Yellowstone right when I left. And so, like, lots of uh, Ink Master reality shows, mm -hmm. Bar Rescue, to MTV, the VMAs, etc. right? So, uh, part of, a big function of what I was doing was creating content um, at the time that I joined, and then until about 20, so I joined uh, Viacom in 20, 2009 and then in, by, by 2015 this was no longer true we were the main ad sales department for Snapchat and we're also basically a lot of our content really? was fun, funneling and functionally running Snapchat's um, Discover platform yeah. Yeah, and all, all those sort of MTV uh, content arms were early Discover partners. Um, then they, Snapchat took our head of ad sales, Jeff Lucas, and he became, the, I think, the first head of ad sales for Snapchat at the time. So I had a lot of experience with figuring out ways that we could work backwards and forwards in short form content that goes and scales into TV content and, and vice versa. And then knowing that ultimately brands are the backbone a lot of that, of the, a lot of that especially in social media. So that was the strategy behind me joining Westbrook. And then I joined. Um, and then quickly, uh, uh, I learned from Will and Jada. They're like, throw that playbook out. Let's just focus on the content. They were like, we got a runway. We had a little bit of, of funding at the beginning of the company. And they said, stop trying to monetize right away. Let's just make stuff cool for a year. And then we'll figure out in, in one year's time. And literally started in September of 2017. And by September... 25th of 2018, which was Will's 50th birthday. Uh, famously, I guess, or at the time famously, Will uh, marked his one year of being on social media, his 50th birthday, by jumping out of a helicopter into the Grand Canyon live on YouTube, which was our first, the first check we got uh, from a brand, which was YouTube, for our social media efforts. And from there, that became a bit of the model, which was test and try on social, um, work with talent, work with brands, work with so social creators, try to find out formats that we liked. And by the way, not everything's going to work, but things that we like, and then try to figure out, is there a business in this? Be that, is there a business of, of more content? Is there a business of, you know, we, we launched Bel Air Athletics, which was um, uh, basically inspired by the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It was a sort of a streetwear line that was mm -hmm. built off of Will, sort of 
rocking these shirts and all this fun, fun stuff. And then during the pandemic, we actually ran a DJ Dean Nice's sort of merch line. And like, there was a crazy single, we sold like a million dollars worth of sweat, sweatshirts in a, in, off of his Instagram, which I think was probably the height of the e-com experience we had before we had to do a lot of different interesting things um, on the Bel Air Athletics line, um, partly because we also then uh, launched Bel Air, the TV show, which was our scripted TV department um, with Peacock Universal, um, which started as Will discovered this kid, Morgan Cooper, who had made a fan trailer. And then we spun that into a TV show. And yeah, we've continued to do that across the board. We started with Will going to Australia and having a vacation and going on an adventure, spun that into Welcome to Earth and Nat Geo. We continue to do that. Um, the goal eventually could be, is there a filmmaker that could spin into being directing Will's next film, right? That would be the ult- the ultimate goal. And then eventually, and it's and it really is not there yet, though people keep saying it, eventually, would we distribute on social, right? That's the... The, the, the hope is ultimately we could control our, our own destiny on a YouTube or an owned and operated right. platform. You can monetize whatever. And it's just, it's close, but the economics don't quite, don't, don't hit it quite yet. But I'd say in a decade from now, maybe in five years from now, are we going to, are you going to be seeing big budget scripted things that are independently released with a mixture of theatrical run and a, a talent who leads the piece, a will, a Ryan Reynolds or some somebody that we've worked with as well, or like a even like someone you know, or like smaller, but who's a social creator, launching that project on social first, and they're not thinking about it as it's an afterthought or it's a it's it's a less than, but that's the place that they're going because that's where the audience is. So that's the goal. That's the hope of what we're doing at Westbrook, um, mm-hmm. and we're going through a transformative time right now in the in in Hollywood, which is certainly. You know, very very difficult. Um, but I think what's interesting is that we a lot of the things that we set out to try to prove have been either accelerated or um, shifted in some ways that have made sort yeah. of our mission a, a lot more clarified in the last yeah. 18, 20, 24 months. So yeah, that's yeah, Westbrook absolutely. broadly. That's yeah. amazing. I mean, you guys are basically playing four D chess because you guys are like. I think it's really interesting that you're me- you're merging sort of media, creative talent brands also merchandise yes content social media you're merging all of these and e-com all together in sort of a, a, a one look and i think you're absolutely right when you say like could the creators own the platform could the creators be the the studio not necessarily yeah. going through a distributor not going through netflix not going through a peacock or whoever it is like that's a really interesting thing and you're you're right like with the the Hollywood strike that's going on with the, the, the whole like changes in technology, the power is shifting a bit and you guys are kind of getting accelerated into this really interesting business model. Um, so I'm like, I'm blown away. I think it's a, that's an amazing journey that you guys are on. And I think you guys are playing your cards right and seeing what is this actually going to look like in, in five yeah. to 10 years. And, and you're, you're well ahead of the curve. So, uh, so I just got to say kudos to you guys. I think, you're spot on with where this is headed. So it's very interesting. I'm just curious to how do you guys stay current when, you know, the culture and social media is just evolving so drastically and in a fast pace, how do you keep on evolving and stay current? Yeah. I mean, I think early on that, you know, 
when we were launching Will on YouTube, you know, I had some, I have some great friends who are either still at YouTube or who were at YouTube at the time and are no longer there. And there was best practices around work with these creators. They're, they're buzzy and this is what it is. And we started to go down that pathway and I got into an argument with Miguel, who is a great friend of mine, Will's manager um, and mentor, or, or my mentor, I guess not really Will's mentor. He's, I think they're the same age, but uh, friend, they're friends, right? And so Miguel had a great point, which was, I don't want Will working. So we saw what other celebrities had done on social, which was announce yourself and come out and work with the biggest pl person on the platform who's trend on trend, and then that'll grow your audience. That is that was the statistical absolute right move for him to try to do. And we did one video like that early on and I could tell Will wasn't excited and I was confused. And Miguel was like, we're not doing that again. We're going to work with people who are, they have a following. They're small. They're, well, you know, they're not like, you know, just up, up like full up and comers, but we're going to always do a lean in where, Will's famous. It's someone that they like. It's someone they want to have a shot with. It's someone he likes and that they have a little bit of social following and they're going to make content together and we'll just see what happens. So basically we had pulled what Miguel was saying ultimately was he was shifting from influencer strategy to creator strategy, which we became at least on in the Hollywood side, we became well known for and a lot of the sort of entertainment marketing campaigns we did with Will and then with a bunch of other celebrities which now is kind of the norm was we kind of invented stuff like the creator carpet and having creators as opposed to like, they, they would always just send influencers and now it's all people who shoot edit and also have a platform, which is like, you know, I, you know, flattery, you know, what is it? Imitation is, is the best form of flattery. Like I'm, I, I want people to take that trend and, and run with it because to your earlier question is how do we stay abreast with the trends? The, what powered, that insight wasn't I want to be on on trend. It was just an insight about humanity and about how Will and that and the and those people ultimately needed to work together. Mm -hmm. So whenever we want to refresh, two things. One is I I zag when when others zig. I just do. Like if if something is trending, I have a really a very quick like uh, moment of like not doing that anymore. Not, and then people will be like, I want to do, but it's working. And it's like, we're not doing that anymore because if something works and you do, and then the moment that you get the third iteration of the thing that works and you go, mm, it's just not, it's like not right. It's not fresh anymore. I immediately want to innovate that. That's like, yeah. I have a really high bar. Will has a high bar. Jada has a high bar. Most of the talent we work with, most artists have a high bar. They don't care ultimately what, is working they want to know what is interesting and exciting artistically and that ultimately is what sets trends so it's less about we're un unfortunately we're less data-led in that capacity although we work with strategists when we look at what's up up and coming and trending and all that but i would say we go we go three layers below what you might think we would be looking at we're not looking at what's about to blow we're not looking at what's currently trending we're looking at what's bubbling up that needs a push like mm -hmm. a will or a jada or a ryan reynolds or a mm -hmm. meg the stallion to work with who who who's like making good stuff but can't break through and you know there's all there's a lot of folks we work with and i don't want to take full credit but we like Will was a was like the second person after Justin Bieber to, to give Lil Nas X a shout out. Like we did, a, we basically were the second uh, celebrity to post Old Town Road after Bieber posted a screenshot of him listening to the song. 
we've made a whole music video with Will from Wild Wild West. Like we've been part of a several climbs where it's like, wait, why did how did Will know about that, or how did Ryan Reynolds know about this person, or how did this person know about? Like we've we've been part of that in in a lot of ways. Um, and it's and it's not because we were we're like trying to stay ahead of the curve. You see Drake doing a great job of this too. Uh, we're just leaning towards what we like more so yeah. than what's popular, you know. And then mm-hmm. all, knowing that ultimately we have a big enough platform that if it works and people like it, we're going to make it blow up, and then that'll become the trend, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. Uh, I mean, if you've got a good barometer for things that you like and things that you want to be a part of, then you don't have to follow the crowd because you're already like doing things that you're interested in and it'll come off more authentic and it'll it'll actually probably work better with your brand and with what you're trying to do so it's a nice way i mean we have a a phrase at at the agency that that we both work at which is you know stop stop uh following trends and start trending because it's a two it's a different way of looking at how do you do content and how do you do media instead of like okay, that's like really popular now. Let's just jump on that bandwagon. I love that you're like, no, we need to zag. We need to like go the opposite direction because if everybody's, if everybody's over here buying this, then, you know, we should go look at what's not being bought. Like maybe something's bubbling, like you said, that we can be a part of. And then you own the conversation much, much more. And look, it logically does not make sense that that's an interesting sort of mechanic, meaning like logically you should do the trending audio and do the trending thing because logically it's working for others and the algorithm. And we hear about the algorithm. I've just seen too many times on both sides when you've done the trend and it doesn't work. And when you've done something that has, that does not make sense and it's not part of anything and it does. And then there's best practices like, You know, if we're going to do something risky and we are able to have a UGC post where we'll repost some cute kid we know is about to blow and we whatever, like we do things where we try to get audience on a platform and then we try to, you know, like we're, we're smart. We're not trying to like hide behind whatever, but I've just seen it too many times where it's like, wait, that he was, how is Will right again? You know, or how is this person right again? Like I've seen it too often to know, like there's just a level of storytelling and connection that humans crave that um uh transcends the now and is is universal and celebrities in a lot of ways and storytellers and filmmakers that's what the writers are saying and it's oh we're gonna get algorithm it's like maybe i have not yet seen and i play a lot with things like chat gpt i have not seen transcendent art come out of it whereas like i've heard great filmmakers pitch things where you go like yes like uh, that's that's it of course you just go like and it's just that it's the you know the pal the mind palace of a uh, yeah. of a person who understands how to turn information into something that masses mm-hmm. like it's like there are people who are geniuses at that and i would say yeah. you know w- will smith is someone who is absolutely like that is, is probably his greatest strength and there's been a lot like I'm, i've been lucky to work with a bunch of folks like that so that's that's exciting yeah. and it's also like in some ways it's 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 disappointing because you want to be able to find that playbook where you can crack the code with all the information and boil it down but ultimately like 
It's like y'all, ultimately your clients probably want to have a, a dashboard that proves what's going to work. And it's like, it's kind of, it's you guys that really, yeah. it's like, you guys know what you're doing. It's this thing up here. It's, it's yes. insights. It's, it's, a, it's intuition yeah. in some ways, because I heard a yeah. great quote. I, I don't remember who said it, but basically like it boils down to, you'll never create the future with a chat GPT because chat GPT is looking backwards at everything. Like it's only data. It's only information that has come before you can't create anything that's future with it because it's, it's always going to be looking back. It's always going to be, and yeah. I found that super interesting. I don't know if that's the end all be all of it. I think like, I still think that AI is going to help us unlock a lot of things, yep. but, yep. but it is only going to be backwards and, and analytics that way. And, and like you said, if you're going to transcend something, if you're going to make culture, if you're going to make the future, you have to, you have to have a little bit of intuition and you have to have a little bit of something else involved there. I, I want to double click on that too. And a, a couple, couple of thoughts here. So like, I, and I, I'm going to take a long road and then we'll, a longish road and then we'll, we'll, we'll find our way back. I noticed early on, we, we were doing a lot of content with VFX artists, like, like independent VFX artists. And there was a certain level of non-professional um, VFX artists that worked. Will could work with anybody. He could work so well. In fact, I saw a post last night on, on LinkedIn where someone was like, I don't want to, I don't want to deride their point. They're right. But they were saying, you know, oh my God, why aren't people pointing out how, like how great VFX is in non-sci-fi stuff? Like when we like paint the clouds out and it's like, well, cause we can't tell, you know, yeah. and ultimately like you're, and also by the way, you're doing such a good job. We noticed that this, if a VFX artist, you know, that we wanted to tag and it would go more viral if it was not perfect to the point where someone could watch the video and think about how they could make it themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that humanity lives in the mistakes. Um, and, uh, AI in some ways is giving you the correct best connection between two points. If you say, Hey, I want to think of a parody where it's, you know, the office, but set in, you know, the 1800s, it'll give you a thing that is exactly what you're looking for in some capacity but it's it's almost like you want that like the if an snl sketch writer that they would do that but they'd also filter it through their own human experiences their own life in fact i used to have early when ChatGPT came out i the best results i ever had were where i would give it a backstory that was pretty wild i would be like you're from Minnesota, you're in your mid forties, you are currently a TV executive, but you were a high school basketball. And I would do all this stuff. And then I would say, come up with a show based on, and it would actually give me these crazy things. Cause the whole thing is people can't help, but, but filter information through all of their, their life experiences, you know, and that's what people ultimately want is like, I'm telling my own story through everything I do. You know, I'm talking about my fears, my hopes, my dreams, my crazy fantasies, whatever it is, I'm, all that's been coming through me and then it's being filtered through the, my clients. And like, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm, mm -hmm. I lean into that because that's actually what they want because I know that, that, that those little imperfections, ultimately, if we don't sand down the edges, those imperfections are what make things that little bit click more interesting, that makes it more human, that makes it, I think, culture rather than just clutter, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's why we stick around for the blooper reel. It's why we, 
you know, we love yeah. those SNL skits. To it. I mean, to your point, SNL skits where, you know, uh, Ryan Gosling can't help but crack up, right? Like, yeah. it, we love that stuff because it it really it reveals the the truth that we're all Ryan Gosling. We're all sitting there going, "This is too funny." Like, I can't I can't hold it in anymore, right? So, but yeah. I think you're right. I mean, you do need to provide those things a lot of background, and I think it, it's a great tip there for anybody listening. Is like if you want to get the most out of these AI tools, really feeding it a ton of data, a ton of background story, a ton of perspective, a ton of lens to look through to produce the content. Because if you don't have that lens, and then of course, like when you do get it, then you have to filter it again through your own lens. Mm -hmm. But that's like, you've got to provide it with the lens. Otherwise, it's just, it's just computer content something that was made by a computer, you need to get to like a humanistic aspect of it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just a checkbox, I guess. Okay, I give you the shortest distance between point A and point B. Um, and I I love feeding AI with like, be counterintuitive, like try to provide uh, irreverence, like try to try to think of this if you were not correct or how to think about this if you were politically incorrect or try to do these things. and. And sometimes that helps, but it still needs it still needs tweaking, right? Yeah, I used to do a thing where I'd be like, "I'm mad at your response, but I'm not going to tell you why." Can you guess why? And it would be like, "Is it because I didn't listen to you?" And I'd be like, "Yes." So can you give me back in, in a way that'll please me, and then it'll do it. And I'm like, I would do crazy stuff like that, which yeah, that's it's funny. Just funny. I'm going to try that. Yeah. I'm mad at you, but that, try to guess why. Yeah. yeah. Guess yeah, I'm going to exactly. pull a little sexist move here and be like, that's like me arguing with my wife. Like, Jesus. she's mad at me, but like, it's time for you to guess why. <laughs> Sorry. It's time for you to, oh, Sorry. exactly, exactly. Yeah. You don't even yeah. know why I'm mad at you. It's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's a fun game we play. I love it. I honestly love it. Who's <laughs> 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 it like, okay, Let's get on yeah. to the let's get on to the better yeah, questions. Back on track, right? I just want to. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. you know, of course. Because you said there is, you wish there was a playbook of, of such that you can just roll out and say this is the perfect kind of uh, formula, right? But I know since you don't have that, could you just give us some tips, maybe common mistakes to avoid? Yeah. That, you know, on you know how to provide value and create some great content for for the brand. For a brand, yeah. Um, I would say um, there's some there's some common best practices that I think y'all probably deploy as well. I mean, everyone obsesses over Mr. Beast um, as an example of what to do, and the truth is because he's doing the the right thing, and we obsessed over Casey Neistat for a lot of content. It's like there's a couple things. It's like start on a human face usually uh, with close-up shot. Don't start on a brand logo. Cold open in the middle like or you know and media res. Um, so shareability and engagement is super important. I, I, one of the things I always tell people is like if you're making digital content you're on somebody's phone they use this to communicate with their friends and you're butting you're, you're butting into their conversation. So think about how would you interrupt somebody's conversation with their friend in a way? It's almost like if you're like, you, you meet a beautiful woman or you meet a beautiful, or a, a handsome guy and you just go, I'm sorry for interrupting, but I just got to tell you something. It's like you're, you, you, the brand are almost like trying to pick somebody up at a bar yeah. and you it's like, so what somebody. would you do? Yeah. Did I yeah. You want to woo somebody. That's like a you're, funny approach. 
you're wooing them. You don't want to start on, you know, like music and logo. It's like, okay, that would be like literally like the drunk guy walks in and interrupts everybody. And they're like, get out of here. You don't want to be that. You want to come in and be like, you know, um, smooth. Uh, yeah. Like you want to come in and, 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 um, be like, Hey, like, sorry. So, so, so starting mid conversation, start with something really exciting that they'll be interested about. And then is the piece of content the, for the people you're trying to entertain, um, or engage with, what are they going to do with that content? Number one. And then what action do you want them to take? Like just basic stuff, right? Well, do you want them to buy something? If you want them to buy something, it's not bad to say, I want you to buy something. So then like people who do great, a great job of it on TikTok are like, yeah, UGC people being like, I know you don't like hearing about, you know, blah, blah, blah. I know you're not thinking about switching to this new hair cream. Like, there, there was like a pomade ad I saw where was, this guy was like, this is really good and it's going to take you six seconds. And like, it was smart stuff. Like people, you know, I think TikTok is, the TikTok creators do a great job of it. Um, but I think there's an opportunity to go deeper in that you can still tell a story and still entertain while also hitting some of those KPIs. Um, but yeah, I think it's basics, it's basic stuff. And then, um, I, it's simple, simple stuff too. Like people like seeing, in, you know, I do it on zoom calls usually like I'll take zoom calls the way that I like my content creators to create content, which is outside walking, you know, in the sunshine, you know, with motion and like, you know, you want to, you want to seem like somebody's out in the world FaceTiming you, you know, like you, you make it, make this thing feel like you're a vibrant human being that's living and experiencing things, not like logo in a studio product, you know, uh, you know, and if you do all that stuff, like, yeah, like that's, those are, I guess, trends, but I don't know. I mean, those are pretty practical tips. And then I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think it's of like, tips. yeah, it's just like simple yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I think the one thing that you said, like, I think that is really resonating with me is, is, you know, you are, think of it like you're interrupting a conversation between two yeah. friends at the bar. And yeah. you got to come on with something that is, I mean, the algorithm is going to hopefully make it relevant, but you got to come sure. in with something that is, is like, Hey, can I, I want to tell you about this cool thing because this really fits into your conversation or this is really something you should stop and take a look at because it's like, it's really cool and interesting. And, you know, it might be something that you're selling like, Hey, but you gotta, you're not selling it because you want to sell it. You're selling it because it's going to add value or it's, or it's really really interesting right and so you've got to find those angles in and not necessarily like be interrupting just to interrupt um i always i always like to look at things through a lens of like would i slack this piece of content to one of my employees or one of my friends yeah. or you know what i mean like that's always like when i look at stuff that we do internally at, at, at cubco or, or for our yeah. clients or for anything rather like I, I always look through the lens of okay would i actually send this to somebody and if the yeah. answer is no, then, and even if I'm not the intended audience, like I always like try to put myself in the shoes of those audiences and say, well, okay, where are they going to share this or are they not? And if they're not, then I, I think we have a dog they don't do to it. redo it. Redo it. Um, I, yeah, so that's how I look at it. You mentioned at the beginning that I was, uh, you know, directed comedy. I was a stand up comedian for a long time on and off. You know, I did it in, and did it in college. I went to school from 2000 to 2004. I'm going to, man um and so this was the pre-social media day uh we would hand out flyers to try to get people to come to our shows and and that sounds scary to people but like i would i know i was really good at getting people to come to things and i would go to them so this is the social media world right it's just like i love those shoes 
thank you. Like, do you live? Yeah, it's like those kind of things. You're literally like you're talking to somebody like a human being. You're not like come to comedy, come to comedy, come. You know, like we would be like give we'd give out a hundred flyers and maybe ten people would come. That's a higher hit ratio, by the way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I I was ahead. doing advertising. I was barking, which is what they call it, barking for comedy shows. Like, I just know how to communicate, and I just bring a lot of those lessons, which is just like connect with someone in a way that is human, but mm-hmm. also like charming. Um, and inviting, hmm. and then uh, get to them. Get cut to it right away. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm not just here to talk about your shoes. I want to tell you about this comedy show that I'm doing. I wouldn't tell you about it if I didn't think that I had some amazing folks on here. But we have folks from SNL. Blah blah. blah. I'm pretty funny too, although I'm not very funny right now because you're not laughing. Um, but I'm going to be there too. You know, I'm hosting. Hi. Um, and also the, the, the best part is it's free and we we do a raffle at the end where we give away a hundred bucks and you're a broke college student, right? Like me. So I bet you could use a hundred bucks. So why don't you come to the show? I'm going to give you this ticket here. Um, cause it's five bucks at the door, but if you take it now and you're like, Oh great. You're like, that's a social yeah. media post. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's just, it, it really applies, right? It's, it's a funny yes. way. Like I think that how much do you think like your background in comedy, I know you do a lot of comedy stuff, but you have to do some other things like within music and drama and, and all, all sort of, yeah. how much do you think like your comedy background plays into your role now? And, and social, for, for social media, comedy is the most, it's like, I think it's the, one of the most important things. I think it's probably the most engaging, especially with brand. And when you're dealing with messages, comedy is so important. Um, so I'd say that's like the primary, most important thing. And then you brought up music. I'm a I'm a composer. I, I did a lot of music for film and TV. And my taste in music is important. And and I'm also an editor. Like I was a, a professional editor. I, that was my when I started at Spike TV, um, which when I became a VP, I started as an editor. And I went all and then I switched over for, to become a producer and all that. But I so I I can edit content. Like I know pay everything's about pacing. Everything's you know I can I can shoot a little bit. I'm not like a a videographer by trade, but I can shoot and I shoot a lot of content. I always say I have a team. I work with great people, but the three most viewed Will Smith Instagram posts of all time, I shot and edited them myself, <laughs> you know, it could be, and it's like, cause it's a shot on a cell phone and I cut it on cap cut, you know, and got it out. Right. Like that. You, if, if you're, I mean, by the way, and I am a, I'm an executive, like I run a company, you know, like, and like, but I know how to do it. Like I'm a doer and a maker and all that. And at the very least, I understand how long things take and I know how to give people feedback and all that. So that's, that's part of it too, but comedy. So it's editing is super important. Um, music is super important, but comedy and understanding that from a writing perspective and from a generative ideation perspective is so important. Improv comedy too. My, my parents, had me do improv comedy when I was very young and then I've done improv my whole life. And so knowing how to just pitch an idea, you know, and also, you know, you know, the whole A to C, you know, you know, you've heard that idea before of like how to generate ideas. Yeah. Improv ideation is all about like, so they have a game called the pattern game where you sit in a circle, try to come up with ideas for your, what you're going to do in your show. And someone will give a suggestion like, you know, hat, and then you don't say hat, and then you sit, don't say head. You go hat. You then you go A B is head, and then you go C would be mustache. Hat mustache because the idea is that 
there's more interesting connections where it's like FBI, you know, like the FBI disguise, hat and mustache or whatever, FBI, you know. So you, you get ideas by not going so um, vertically but more laterally. And that's sort that's of the idea. Yeah. Okay. I suggest anyone takes an improv class, by the way. It's, it's, you know, it, it's embarrassing, number one, um, and it's super creative. So, um, yeah, that's definitely I love that. I, maybe I should do that at our next company event. Hey, I right? was just going to say, don't give Chris any ideas. <laughs> He's going to book a company retreat with some kind of improv session for us. Well, you know what? I'm open. Let's do it. Do it. I'm suggesting you do it. But yeah, comedy yeah, comedy is very, very important. It um, is a really good point. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. And also, and I, and I, was an, I mean, it was an illustrator and a comic book artist a little bit. And like, also design is important to me. But it's one of the things I was joking with a friend of mine yesterday. Like, it's the thing that brands obsess about the most. And it is in some ways the thing that they need to let go of the most. It's like, because most design. folks who work in brand management are all design folks. Like, that's, mm. you know, at school, design, 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 motion graphics. That's great. But that's the that flat, overly designed print world. Man, I love print ads. When I look back at, I have old like magazines from the fifties, and I love I, that is a heyday of advertising. It ain't coming back. You know, like we're not we don't live in that world anymore. So let, you're not going to just run your your you know print ad on digital, guys. You no. can't do it. Mm. Yeah. We we had uh, Kevin Lynch on the podcast last week, who is the he's the ex creative director at Oatly. Do you know Oatly? The uh, of course, yeah, yeah. And he he shocked us by saying at Oatly they don't have a brand guide. They have no brand guideline, and I was like, really? You guys have no graphic visual identity guideline or spirit guide or anything? He's like, nope, we have none of that. And I was like, I think that's the way of the future. I think like. Yes, it has to embody the spirit of the brand, not look like the brand. And I think that we're seeing that across social, especially like I brands just that. jumping into different things and always evolving because content's evolving, media is evolving, technology is evolving really fast. So, do you really want to be stuck with the same similar look for five, ten years? Like, it's just not it's not viable anymore. You have to be able to evolve quickly, and I think. I love that idea. So, and I think you're just echoing that that sentiment here. Yeah, I think playbooks and brand guides—they're kind of you know the old way of thinking, right? It is meant for print. It was for that age, that er that the uh, era of of media and marketing. That was you know there's a playbook, there's a brand guide, and this is what we do to continue that course. And today it's just different. Yeah, I think partly, and I think what that was representative of is if you're a consumer product good or whatever. You're buying ingredients from a farm. You're making that that you don't own. You know, you're manufacturing. Maybe sometimes they're licensing the manufacturer. What do they own but their brand guidelines? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. that, and I think that's the interesting thing is like, what does McDonald's, McDonald's doesn't own the stores? Those are those are franchisees. McDonald's doesn't own the the factories that make the meat necessarily. Sometimes they own some of them, but like they own the Golden Arches. They own some of those things. So it's. I get it. You got to like have some semblance of what is the brand? What is the value you bring to it? But I think mm -hmm. the new way is some IP like, like Barbie or whatever is a great example. It's some IP through that, but that's represented through storytelling, not through visual identity. That to me is I what, pe that. that's where your value is going to come in yeah. this next generation. Cause, yeah, because we're I video, we're not print anymore. Yeah. I wish I could retweet that. 
brand doesn't you, brand guidelines don't matter storytelling is what matters right like that's the, that's the new brand that's guideline. what you want to like, own right what, yes, what absolutely do you want to talk about what what stories do you want to tell who are you and who are your who is your customer and how can we that's the whole idea behind platforms as brands i think that's a good idea people make fun of it oh you're not a you're not a mcdonald you're not, you know, you're not a burger chain you're a platform and it's like mm-hmm. you're a burger chain but you're also a platform but i like the idea of but if you were to, if, if McDonald's was Will Smith, right, and McDonald's wanted to think think about how I approached bringing on creators, right, it was, so a young chef, you know, who wants to reimagine the Big Mac, you know, and do 10 videos for their TikTok or whatever that are going to be, that doesn't have, that they don't have the most following, so it's not an influencer campaign, it's just this person is creative and we're giving them the, the, the amplification of our platform for the month. And it's because mm. we think this person's cool and they represent what we're trying to do. And then that person's story is part of our, our platform, right? That's exciting Love to that. me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's a great note to end on. I know we could sit here, man, and talk for hours. <laughs> Honestly, like I yeah. want to have you on the podcast again. Actually, me and you are going to be in LA, I think in November. So we'll cool. have to, uh, we'll have to sort of link up there and, uh, I would love to have you on again, man, cause you got so many great insights and I know our audience is just going to love this. So cool. I just want to say like, thank you so, so much. It's been super insightful. You, if you want to say a few words, go for it. I know you can launch as much praise as you want on this guy. He's going to take it. So uh, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. Such interesting stories. And I love these kind of tangible examples you're giving. I mean, cool. I know it's uh, it's great. I love that. I think uh, there's a lot of value to bring to our listeners, at least. Yeah, I awesome. Also, I think we're also a little bit, I think it's something my friends tells me sometimes, like when we talk yeah. about social uh, content and stuff like that, we get a little bit in our head and we're like, yeah, yeah, that's best. You know, everybody knows this. Everybody should know this. And But then it's not common knowledge always. You kind of just get in your little tomb a little bit and be like, yeah, yeah sure. sure. That that's so common. I mean, I'm not providing anything new here, but I think for some people, it's definitely even the small stuff in your mind is actually maybe groundbreaking in theirs. It's been groundbreaking for me. That's cool. <laughs> I, I and I learn. I look. I I love the generation that y'all represent in in how people are approaching social media too. I mean, man, I I think I'm I'm inspired by what y'all put out and I'm inspired by some of your, your contemporaries. And I think, and I, I'll, I'll spend, I'll go down a rabbit hole looking at direct to consumer Twitter, where I'm looking at these people talking about their, I, I love it because I love people who are at the highest maximum mo- moment of passion, right. Around what they do, because that's where, even if it's something that I'm totally don't agree with, I'm going to learn so much from. So the thing I wanted to end on too, is like, I, if you see me on LinkedIn or, or, um, I mean, on Instagram, wherever it is, reach out. I, I love meeting people and I love, even if there's no intent, people who are listeners or whatever, let's just chat. Um, it doesn't have to be about whatever, but like, I love learning about creativity and, and what people think and, and, and big picture thinking. Like, let's, let's talk, talk about how do we take social media and, and disrupt industries and bring them back together again. So please, please reach out, you know, folks and I'd love yeah, to talk. You love What's yeah? I, that's all my that's my bag. But where can people find you then to connect with you? I What's think I think place? probably the most is so my my Instagram is really just like I post cat photos and photos <laughs> with my my girlfriend. So I think LinkedIn is really where I'm most like clicked in on. I I, I post 
some sometimes frequently, sometimes I'm, I'm just too much in work mode, but I'll post just insights and storytelling about sort of my journey. Um, I also am on there chatting with folks and, and networking and I'm a pretty active user. So I think find me on LinkedIn is probably the, 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 the easiest thing. And then, yeah, um, um, we're out there, we're making content and we're always looking to meet people. So let, let's awesome. do it. Great. Great. Thank you so much, Lucas. We'll put your links to your LinkedIn uh, in the show notes. So everyone listening can go there and, and uh, link up with, with Lucas and uh, we'll be following along seeing the rest of your journey and what you're going to do with Will and, and Jada and, and Westbrook. And yeah. uh, thank you again so much for joining. It's been super insightful and we will definitely, uh, you know, link up in the future and, and have you on again. So appreciate y'all so and, and really appreciate uh, being invited on here. This was, this was a, an honor. Absolutely. So thanks. Cheers. All right. Thanks. Talk soon, everyone. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.